Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. I want to share with you out of the Word of God about peace. Our, our verse today is found in John chapter 14. Beginning verse number 25, John chapter 14 is my second favorite chapter in all the Word of God. At the beginning of this chapter where he engages us by saying, let let your hearts be troubled. What he wants, he just, that's what he wants. He doesn't want your heart to be troubled. He said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. He says, where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas says, Father, Master, how how can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We get farther down in this chapter, and this is where we pick up the verses in verse number 25. Jesus is continuing to speak. He says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Father, I thank you that your word is always true. And amen. Holy Spirit, I fully recognize that without your effort here this morning, nothing of value will be accomplished. You're the real teacher. You're the real preacher here. I'm asking you to just I'm releasing you to do what this word says you will do, and that is to to guide us into truth here today. Amen. Last week, as God began to just begin to speak in my heart about this word, I realized something that would kind of surprise me. In more than three decades of pastoring, I have never preached on peace. That struck me as kind of odd. And yet he just, he just, just kind of shared with me and showed me more and more about the, the purpose and the power that, that is in peace. And I, I don't know what images conjure up in your mind when you think about peace. You know, uh, some people when they think about peace, they, they, they see a white unicorn dancing across the sky, you know, burping up Skittles. Okay? And some people, that's... Listen, I could have got worse with that. But they, 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 they did, that's, when they think of peace, they, they think of that. Or maybe they think of... Remember this, those days? Peace, dude. Okay? Or they think of Dr. Spock. Live long and prosper. <laughs> I got Mike's attention back there. (laughs) He gave it back to me. 
In this verse, Jesus is telling us something that is so important. He says this. He said, what I'm going to tell you is so important that the Holy Spirit is going to come and teach it to you. And more than teach it to you, he's going to remind you of what I'm about to say. That's the purpose of the coming of the Comforter, is in part to teach us and to remind us. Because when you get old like John, you forget things. Okay? Or you get old like Gary, you forget to call up your ushers. Or you, one of these days I'll get old. It won't be for a while though. But when you get old, you forget things. Amen? Some of you forgot to say amen. Um, and so we, we need to be reminded. Sometimes we can, you know, it's kind of like the husband who, you know, somebody complained to him and said, you know, I, I haven't heard you tell your wife in 20 years you love her. He said, I told her that the day we got married, and if things change, I'll let her know. No, no, that, how many wives know that doesn't work? There needs to be some reminders along the way. And we, we, as, we as Christians, that we, we need to be reminded of some things. And, and what Jesus was concerned about here is that we would forget about peace. You see, when he came on the scene, what had just happened is... Prior to his coming, there had been 400 years of silence from God. There was no vision, there was no prophecies, there was no fresh word. There was just silence. And that silence was broken when the shepherds were out tending their flocks and an angel came and engaged them. And and the Bible says that the, the angel was joined by a heavenly host in heaven. And we pick it up in Luke chapter 2, and it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth goodwill toward men. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You see, what what God was doing is what he was, uh, he was breaking the silence with the word peace. Now, sometimes we we, we have this idea of peace. Honestly, I I wasn't sure what what all peace meant. But he, he told us that this peace is different than what we're used to seeing. He said, I'm not going to give you peace like the world gives you peace. And I thought about that. And how does the world give us peace? Well, the, the world gives us peace be, by, by circumstantial change. You know, when a, somebody says, I need some peace and quiet, that's their way of saying, go away. They, they go somewhere for some peace and quiet. Then, then what they're really saying is they want their environment to change. The world gives peace. We down here, we get peace by by the changing of our circumstances. The world's peace is also only as trustworthy as the giver. My wife and I have found out with children, 
When you tell them, give us peace, it doesn't usually last very long. Our oldest son was offended one day. We were sitting in a restaurant and we saw a plaque on the restaurant wall that said, raising children is like being pecked to death by chickens. How many parents can relate to that? We love our kids. We were foster parents. We were an emergency placement home because we love kids. But sometimes that seems real. He didn't think it was funny. But sometimes your children are like that. You say, listen, I just really need some quiet right now. I just need some peace. And so they leave for a few minutes. I'll give you peace, Dad. I'll give you guys peace. I know you need quiet. I'll I'll give you peace. Five minutes later. Um, like if something really bad were to happen, do you want me to come let you know? Why are you asking that? Don't worry. I think it's okay. We'll talk about it later. Peace just flew out the window. Okay, there is now no peace. Because the one who promised peace is the one that determines the value or the, the, the character of that peace. And Jesus wants us to know something. He said, the peace I'm giving you is not like the world. And, and here's why that's important, because too often as Christians, we want the peace to be of a nature that is like the world. We We want our circumstances changed. He doesn't always change the circumstances. He said, I give you peace, but it's it's a a peace that, that is valued based on my character, not on circumstances. In fact, the Bible says that the world's peace is so fragile that in the end days, they'll be saying, peace, peace. They'll be saying there's peace all over. We're we're in harmony with each other and sudden destruction comes. Like when your child says, I'll I'll give you peace and they interrupt you by saying, you better come look at this. (laughs) I don't know how that broke. It was just, I was just sitting on the couch with my hands folded in my lap. And something happened. John 16.33 says this, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You see, the peace of the world affects your circumstances. We'll leave you alone, Dad and Mom. We'll give you quiet. Now we have peace. But the peace of God is not designed to just fix our circumstances, it's designed to fix our heart. This will come more clear in just a few moments. You see, what I think God wants us to see is that peace vacates the realm of feeling or thought. Even though we can still feel it, and it be in our thoughts, it's tangible. He says, I I give you Peace. I give you peace. 
He says, I have it. Reality is, he is it. And I, I give it to you. Other times he says, I leave it with you. There's, here's what the Holy Spirit has been trying to speak to me, is that this is more than just a sense of well-being. This is more than just a thought. There's something tangible to that. I, I give it to you. When, when somebody gives you something, you didn't have it a moment ago, but now you do. He said, I, I, I give you peace. And so I looked at peace in the, in the original Greek and I was surprised because I always thought peace was, no, not the, 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 the white unicorn, you know, barfing up Skittles, but I, I thought peace was just rest. I thought peace was just the absence of war. In Greek, peace means to obtain quietness by removing what seeks to distract and destroy you. It is not a compliant serenity, but an aggressive taking out, a forceful extraction. Then I looked it up in the Hebrew. Peace has a very similar meaning in Hebrew. When we study the Hebrew, we find that it compromises, that all those things that compromise word, the word peace we find that it too is not merely a state of mind. It means to destroy or remove the chaos and anarchy around you. So, so when, you, when you see and hear Jesus saying, I give you peace, he is, what he's doing is he's placing something in your life that, that removes something else. There is something else going on in your life and he he doesn't want it to be that way. He wants it to be different. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you remember he's the ladder. And the ladder says, I'm going to give you peace. It's yours. I'm going to give it to you. He He so wants us to get this. He so wants us to get this was more than just peace, brother. This was just more than a kind greeting. Paul in the New Testament says, the grace and peace of God be upon you. I greet you in peace. I I send peace unto you. It is is a, 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 a sharing of something. It's the opening of the wallet of heaven and taking out something called peace and giving us that peace. And, and when, when you understand that, it's a displacement. It's Come on up here. John represents chaos and disorganization. I'm, I'm, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't even fit him, okay? But, but John represents chaos and disorganization, and, and, and Jesus sees it, and he says, no, 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 that's not what I want for my people. I want them to have peace. So he said, in me you will have peace. So he displaces. John was occupying this space. I just removed him from that space. And I changed everything. You will be seated. By, by dis, disarming him. And when you get that, then, then, then the picture begins to look differently. 
You see Jesus sleeping in the boat and, and the storm is raging and they're troubled and they think they're about to die. And so he, he is awoken and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Listen, you're here this morning and maybe something is going on in your life. Or maybe you've gone through times when you wonder if God even cares. And what Jesus did was he stood up, the Bible says, and he said, peace. He looked at the storm that was going on, and what he determined was needed was peace. He didn't yell stop. He didn't say calm down. He released peace into that situation. Now here's why that's important, because then he turns around and he looks at the disciples and he's frustrated with them. Oh, you of little faith, how long am I going to be with you guys and you don't get this? Don't get what? Don't get what? What do you mean get it? Get this, that the peace inside of you should be greater than the storm that's outside of you. And what we need to do is to get the peace of God into our hearts so that when storms in life come up, we release that peace into the storm. You see, it's for too long the church has thought that what we need is to change our political environment in the world. We think that we need to change this or change that. What we need to do is to release peace. We, we don't need our enemies to go away. Some Christians, they pray and they want their enemy to go away. How many know what I'm talking about? You have a problem, and maybe the problem is a person. And you pray and you want God to bring peace to your life. And you think that peace will never go away until they're gone. But that isn't peace. That's a peace that comes like the world gives by changing the circumstances. What Jesus said is, I want to give you peace that passes This right here, it passes all understanding so that your whole view on your situation changes. So when you see your enemies, you know that you have a choice. Whether that enemy be a mental or spiritual or physical or financial or a personal enemy, you know that the presence of your enemy does not necessarily mean your destruction. It could mean it's dinner time. Because what the Father does is He steps into the middle of your situation and in the presence of your enemies, He feeds you. He displaces them. He moves them out. He draws a line and said, I now own this space. And all your enemy, all your troubles can do is stand out there and watch you eat with the master. That's all they can do is just watch. We Christians want them to go away. And the father says, I want them to see what it's like when I bless and take care of one of my kids. Amen. So he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Because that's a peace that passes all understanding. You see, if the enemy is gone, anybody can have peace when the enemy is gone. 
But when the giant is right there, and you're just a little boy with a stone, and yet you have peace. How can you have peace? David knew the giant doesn't have to be gone for God to be big. God's big right now. There'll be no victory. There'll be no peace that passes all understanding if there isn't an enemy in my face. Are you getting this? But it's in the face of my enemy when they're right there. And I'm okay because they can't hurt me. Peace. And he says, I I, I give it to you. I leave it with you. I, I, I give it. It's... It's tangible. And so he, he comes across a demon-possessed person and he delivers them and he says, go in peace. Go in peace. Why? Can I tell you that many of our heartaches and many of our stresses are caused not by the problem that you face, but by the lack of peace in your heart? What about health? I share with you, God spoke to my heart. We're so focused on, sometimes in the church, on divine healing, and thank God for divine healing, but what about divine health? We want God... We're like the children of Israel who want God to repair our shoes. He, he said, no, I'll just make them so they don't wear out. It will amaze you the number of times when he healed somebody and he would say to them, go in peace. What he was saying was, whatever circumstances in your life have now caused this heartache, this, this disease, this struggle, I'm replacing it with something. I'm moving into it. And I'm stepping into that situation. I'm vacating that. They're on the outside now looking in. They're not gone. They're still there. But greater is the peace that is in you than the storm that is in the outside of you. And when you know that, then then we become peacemakers. And he, he says the peacemakers inherit the whole earth. I like that. What's that mean? It means that you can go anywhere you want, do anything you want, not worry about any place. The enemy would tell you that, that this place is off bounds. No, it's not off bounds to somebody who has the peace of God in their heart. This isn't out of bounds to somebody who is a carrier of peace. When we went into Strings and Wings and had, had our, our services in there, there were people that thought we had no business going into a place like that. What do you mean? My father owns the whole earth. And when you and I walked in there, the dynamics of that place changed. And so he told those that were In the boat, peace. And the waves obeyed him. He told the demoniac, go in peace. He told those that he healed, 
Go in peace. So based on this understanding, when Jesus said, peace be with you, he was not simply greeting his disciples. He was issuing a command to the chaos in their lives. Essentially, he was saying, may the chaos and anarchy that are trying to keep you from doing what God wants be removed from your life now. Every time Jesus said peace, he was abolishing chaos. So many times when he looked at a situation he, and he quickly assessed that what this demonic, former demon-possessed person needs now is not instruction, a 12-step program, a counselor. What they need to do is, I need to fill their heart with peace. So what caused them this issue in the first place can't get back in. Once the car is full, it's full. When the, the person was healed, he, he said, what, what, what I need to do is, if I leave the house empty, then that which was driven out will come back and the end will be worse than the first. And so I, I'm going to give them something. Peace. And In fact, he, he said it this way. He said that, that when a strong man secures his goods, he secures them in peace. Give me that verse. Um, John, I may not even give that to you. John 20 and 21, put this up there. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. How did the Father send him? He sent him with angels saying, Peace on earth, goodwill to men. How does that apply to us? Luke chapter 10, verse 5. And into whatsoever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. You, with your mouth, you, you are projecting something. When you see somebody in turmoil, what, what's causing their turmoil is that chaos or distress or fear or anger or bitterness has set up root. And what they need is not for you and I to condemn them. What they need is for you and I to speak peace. Peace. Surest way to make a mess when you've got a child thrown a tantrum is for you to get mad and start yelling yourself. That won't work. Won't work. Peace. Because oftentimes in our life, what's causing our issues can be driven out. Now, I love that verse in Psalms. 
where it says he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. The enemies are right there. You get the picture? You ever, you ever seen a, 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 an individual surrounded by a group of people and they're all beating up on them or yelling or criticizing or... That's, that's why they're there. That's, they're, they're, they're enemies and they're there to do harm and that's why they're there. They're, they're surrounding that individual but, but now what God does is He steps into the middle of the situation and He drives the enemy back. Is there anything more peaceful than to see yourself sitting down at a meal supper with your Heavenly Father that He prepared? Here, try the turkey. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.